Today, you got to roll with the punches. Hi, everybody. Your old friend, Mike Houlihan. Welcome back to Hibernian Radio, brought to you by Flood Brothers, Madden Funds, Cork and Carry, I think, <laughs> Local 150, Sheehy Funeral Home, where other eight people go, and of course, Fox's Pizza, our friend Ryan Fox. We're so glad to be with you. And this is part of our new format. We're going to the vault again tonight. Going to the vault. Uh, we have a great guest tonight, but uh, before we get to that, I want to say hi to everybody on Global Irish Radio. It's about 1 a.m. right now in Ireland, and they are digging it over there in the old side. And we're very honored and proud to be on Global Irish Radio. Anybody who looks for it, go to gir.ie on your computer, and you'll be hooked up. Uh, it's 7 from seven to 8 on Saturday nights. You can hear it. Uh, or the, on the podcast, usually by Sunday at hibernianradio.org. Loving this new format. It's relaxed. It's cool. I want to remind everybody our old friend Des Bishop is coming to town. I think he's going to be at Zany's later in, in uh, January. Might get a chance to talk to him. Terrific Irish comedian. Uh, Lebo is on the show tonight, and we're going to uh, set Sergeant... <laughs> Lee by Likey, for those who don't know him as Lebo, 27-year retired sergeant on the Chicago Police Department. Quite a character. He uh, is an honorary Irishman for our show, and we made that designation April 10th, 2021. He's been back a couple of times. Just a terrific guy. He's very committed uh, to being a retired police officer. He does a lot of work for cops still uh, on duty. He's very involved in his community, Mount Greenwood. Uh, just a terrific guy, and uh, I think he's running for some political, I, I don't know if it's political, but it's a police liaison. So if he, you see his name on your ballot, pull the uh, thing for Levi Leckie. He's just a terrific guy, and you'll see why as soon as we get to him on the show. So buckle up. Welcome back to Hibernian Radio, and let's leave a listen to Levi Leckie, sergeant, retired sergeant, 27 years, uh, honorary Irishman, Levi Leckie. From April 11th, 2021. Stick around. We got a great crowd here tonight. We want to thank them all for showing up. Uh, and a very interesting guest. We got Lee Bilecki, a 27 year veteran, a retired uh, shot sergeant with Chicago Police Department. Lee is our second Polish guy. Maybe our, maybe our first. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we're proud to have you on the show. And I want to remind you, you know, there's only two kinds of people in this world Irish and I wish. I was Irish. <laughs> yeah, well, I did marry two women that had Irish blood, so I guess you could say I was, okay. I was close. <laughs> Maybe the third time's a nah, charm. I don't know about getting married a third time. <laughs> okay. Certainly, I don't know. Right. We'll see. So you grew up Our Lady of Angels Parish, but that was after the fire, thank it God. It was after the fire, yeah. yeah. I went there, uh, I think it was the second year at kindergarten uh, after the, the brand new school opened. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was there till fifth grade. How many kids in your family? Um, well, there was me and my two sisters okay. at the time. Yeah. Are they older than you? I uh, no. Well, oh. I had, uh, they're, they're younger. One's passed away. She oh, had no, a heart aneurysm, and the other one, she's up on the north side. Okay. So So she might as well be. Might, well, <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, I mean, well, no, I, I pretty much kind of agree with you on that one, but I'm not going to get into that, okay. that situation right. there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I pretty much lived all over the city except the most expensive neighborhoods, like the Gold Coast or yeah, downtown yeah. or North Shore. And you've been in Mount Greenwood for a long time. I've been time. in Mount Greenwood for, uh, let's see, 25 years. Yeah. yeah so What, uh, talk to you, what stirred your influence for the police department? Uh, well, police? when I was a kid, yeah. I loved being, I, I, I couldn't, I, you know, some guys want to be a big league ball player or, mm -hmm. you know, you get, when you're a kid, you want to be something when you grow up. I always wanted to be the police. Yeah, the police. Yeah, the police. Yeah. You know, I mean, pretty much because, you know, back in the day, you know, we get we get cracked around a little bit in the neighborhood. Sure. For uh, by the police was not you know there's no body cameras or oh no, yeah no yeah. photo you know and if the police said you do something you did something yeah uh, your parents were on yeah. the side oh, of the police. Yeah, my if yeah. my yeah my dad had my dad had a standing rule when I got to be a teenager, he said go out and have all the fun you want to have as a kid. He's good, but if you get a, if I get a call from the police, saying you're in, at at the station, he goes, you want them to. You want them to keep you, because if I gotta come and get you, it's not gonna be yeah, good. Yeah. And uh, I trusted that yeah. philosophy. Yeah. That's a good policy. We had a we had a time uh, we had a time uh, we really kind really kind my mom. We it was a Harding play lot, and uh, 
back then, of course, you know. Where was that? Harding and Division. Okay. So we used to hang out there, play basketball. Well, that's the old West Side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had a day one time, just a big, quick, quick, couple quick police stories. Yeah. So when we were kids, you know, you had the bottles for deposits. So we all drank RC because RC was the thing back then. So one day we decided it was going to be funny. Let's throw these bottles up in the air. One of our friends, Randy Curzon, throws it up in the air and it whistles on the way down. Uh How cool was that, right? Uh So now we all throw in our bottles up in the air and whistling on the way down. This tactical car, because it was a 14th district back then was for our neighborhood. Now, how old by, were you? Oh, I was about 12. Okay. And uh, they saw us, right? Yeah. Throwing these, and glasses breaking. They're all right? breaking. Get over here. Yeah. You know, gag it out. Uh, these two Italian guys, I don't remember their last names, Tony and Freddie. They just started <laughs> slapping us around. Oh, really? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> what the hell do you guys think you're doing? And we're like, he goes, you got 30 minutes to clean up every piece of glass on this basketball court. So we ran home. My mom's like, what are you doing? You're all out of breath. You know, I lived about a block and a half away. Well, where's dad's push broom? Oh, I got to get the broom. What are you going to do? Oh, we're going to clean up the playground. You know, I didn't tell her we got stopped by the police, yeah. right? Because I <laughs> got clobbered. Yeah. We ran back. She goes, oh, you kids are great kids. Oh, you know, yeah. we were a up fine there. example. We cleaned the whole parking lot. Yeah. But one of the inspiring, one, of the, one other inspiring thing for me when I, when I got on the police department was, uh, I was, a, you know, I only went to Our Lady of the Angels till fifth grade, and yeah. then we, I was a Cameron, and I was a patrol boy captain. Yeah. Coming out of the, uh, and, and, you know, we got out on the street. We went home for lunch back then, right? Sure. The good old days. So now we're walking to school, walking to school, and uh, my patrol partner across the street, Victor Schwez, we got into it. We, we got, a fight. we got yeah. not a fight, but we were pushing, we, you know, yeah. and we were good friends. Just, yeah. I can't even remember what it was about. Squad car pulls up. Uh, and out steps this police officer, pristine, right? Perfect haircut, red hair. Jim Sim was his name. Get in a car. Oh, tells wow. us now. Drives us to school another block away, right? I figure we're doomed. Yeah. We're doomed. Gets us to school. You know, the gym teacher ran the patrol boys. Hey. We, got, we got our belts taken away for oh, a couple yeah. of days. Anyhow, Sim's there. Fast forward 1986, after I get out of the academy, I get sent to the 19th District, Belmont Western. Yeah. So we go to roll call, first roll call. For I'm on a street, right? I walk in the roll call. Who's sitting in the back of the roll call? Jim Sim. He wasn't my training officer, but yeah. he was a training officer. Yeah. So after roll call, I says uh, to him, I go up to him, and I say, hey, Officer Sim. And I shook his hand, and I says, uh, you know, I says, you probably don't remember me. I says, but we met before. He goes, yeah, you were the kid at Cameron School. You got into a, oh, wow. you you got into a fight, and I drove you to school. I was like, oh, my God. This was like <laughs> I was 13, you know. Yeah. I was, uh, he remembered. I'm like, uh. I mean, if there was ever a poster guy for recruiting for the police department, yeah. it was him. You know, Marine, yeah. Yeah. great guy, excellent guy. And it was funny. I shocked the hell out of me, you know. Yeah. But Jim Sim. Jim Sim was his name. Yeah, yeah he's long gone, I'm sure. I oh, got rest his soul. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, I had a really good career. I, I uh, met a lot of great people. We did a lot of good stuff. Uh, I, uh, I was I spent three months in 19. Did my field training there. Where's 19? It was at Belmont and Western. Now oh, okay. it's now it's up by Wrigley Field. Yeah, there on yeah. Addison and was it Halstead over there by that. And uh, and then I got a call. Then my commander uh, captain calls me and says. Uh, Balecki, you're going to the 11th District, Harrison and Kedzie. So Ooh. I said, okay, boss, when do I got to be there? He goes, uh, 10 minutes ago. Oh, my God. So when you're a p- probation, you oh, know, no. you go right. F- it was change day, you know, the shift change. So he says, yeah, just get over there. They know you're coming. So you get in the car. We start heading over there. Get in the car with this guy, Steve Kostecki, in the west side. Yeah. Pull down Francisco. Here's a couple guys stripping a car. I mean, 19 was not the most active yeah. district back then at the time. So, you know, and then we only carried one radio. It turns out I didn't have the radio. Steve did because he was a senior officer. He goes, get him. You know, now these guys go in two different directions. Yeah. We're in a foot chase. I was thinking about that the other day when the mayor was oh, saying we're going to put foot, chase. foot chases. Yeah. Yeah. So I caught my guy, you know, I was uh, in great shape back then not so much now but <laughs> but yeah and then i worked in uh i worked in 11 for about six years and then um i went to narcotics worked for 
Charles Ramsey, who's been all over CNN. Oh, George, sure. Yeah. As a consultant doing this uh, George Floyd trial, but he was a great boss. Yeah. I worked in narcotics, and then I was detailed as state's attorneys for a year. We worked on uh, long-term drug investigations, and then I was appointed gang specialist, came back to Chicago, and then... Um, I was detailed at the FBI for a little while. Their oh, gang no task force, yeah. yeah. That was some interesting stuff. And then I came back as a gang specialist, and I was an area liaison for, like, the gun teams and um, as the organized crime representative. And then I was uh, promoted to sergeant in 2008, and I worked in the 8th District. We say organized crime. Well, organized crime is made up of, like, the gang unit, oh, okay. narcotics, It's uh, not just the mafia or anything. No, 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 no. I don't even know if they even look at that stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. You okay. know, it's, it was kind of interesting. But it was a lot of fun. It was, I mean, I don't want to say it was just fun. I mean, I looked at it this way, you know. I worked for some great bosses. I had two of the best guys. When I went to the 11th District, uh, we had former superintendent Phil Klein who was a lieutenant. Okay. Then, and they were teaching bosses. Yeah. You know what I mean? John Thomas, God rest his soul. He was a teaching boss. He was uh, an amazing guy. You know, taught you a lot about how to treat people. And my dad did too, even though my dad was probably, I used to, I used to mess with my dad. I'd say, what do you do with all the money? <laughs> and he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> what I did said, your dad do for a living? Um, well, he owned a tavern for a while. Oh, yeah. That didn't go was well. it on the west side? No, it was on the diversity and Diversity in Laramie. Okay. My dad was a bad businessman. He yeah. so then he worked security after that. But when he was, when he came back from Korea, we were starting to talk about it before the oh, show yeah. started. He wanted to get on the police department. Yeah. And my grandmother, she was, my grandmother was another Chicago fable. She was born in, born in the United States. As a child, she went back to Poland. Okay. Was in Poland. Came back, got divorced back in them days. You know, wow. Got divorced in Poland. Yeah. She came yeah. back. She yeah. had my mom, came back to the States, and then my mom was supposed to come a couple weeks later with, with, uh, with, my, uh, with my great aunt, and uh, the Germans invaded. My Holy mom was cow. trapped. My mom was trapped in Poland yeah. during a war on uh, Uncle's farm. Wow. And, um, you know, she told a story. They had Jews under the barn, no and kidding. the Germans knew it. They were Germans were embedded with them during the war, but yeah. not they were Wehrmacht, not the SS. So, yeah. you know, they, they weren't Nazis. They weren't. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. who knows what was going on back then? But but the thing is, she came and then she came back. To, then she came to the states. But my grandmother was a tavern owner. She had one in the back of the yards, oh, then no she kidding. had one on the west side on yeah. Madison Street. So my dad, he wanted to be the police. Yeah. My dad was 5'9". Yeah. He had to be 5'10". So my grandmother talked to the alderman. Who was the alderman, you remember? I think she talked to Alderman Tom Keene back oh, then. Oh, wow. He, sure. he ended up going to, he ended up going yeah. to the, you know, to the Happy Valley. Yeah, of, uh, prisons, what a great uh, guy, as I recall. So um, I don't remember the exact amount. I want to say it was like 10 grand. Yeah. If my grandmother dropped a ton grand, he'd get my dad on. And my, yeah. dad, my dad was like, there's no way I serve my country. There's no way. Good if I him. can't get on the job the yeah. right way, I'm not getting on. So he never did. So Tom Keene Tom Keen. grand Something like that. It was something to like that. Was, yeah, yeah I, might, I might be off a little bit on the money, but I remember it was, it was big money. My grandmother, yeah. she had it. Yeah. She retired. She sold a tavern, and we lived in an age. Your dad said no way. No way. Yeah, well, my, my, my grandmother didn't like my dad at all. <laughs> she wanted my mom to marry a uh, policeman that used yeah. to come into the bar. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, all I knew his name was Richard because my, my grandmother would bring it up when my, she'd get mad at my dad. Richard would have never done that. Oh, no. My grandmother, <laughs> we, we'd go to the, because uh, my grandmother would sponsor family to come over from the old country. Yeah. And sometimes they'd stay with her. We lived in a. Uh, eight flat apartment building on Avers and Thomas. There's five people in a four room apartment. That's yeah. where we lived. My dad's like, why don't we sell this? Because my dad didn't say anything. He didn't have any vested interest yeah. in the building other than taking care of any problem that came up. Yeah. And my grandmother, uh, she's like, you know, chakra for letter. You know, we go to we go to the family. You know, and the spiritus would come out, and my dad would be drinking, and you know, he. He wasn't good with uh, the spiritus. spiritus. So my grandmother would call me, you should have married Richard. What's the matter with you? <laughs> my mom, oh, it was funny. It was funny back then. My dad was like. Did they meet at the tavern? Your no, mom? my mom was in high school. I want to say it was St. Helens. Okay. Over off Augusta Boulevard. And they yeah. would write, the, 
you know, sent cards, and that's how. Oh, yeah. And then they, when he came home, that's how they got together. My yeah. dad was pr- pretty much grew up an orphan. Wow. So I didn't know my grandparents. Was he named Lee as well? No, he was Charles. That's where Lee Charles. Oh, that's, that's where that's Lee Charles pseudonym. came from. Lee on Charles. My, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually my real name. I just didn't use my last re, re, okay. last name because. Oh, so Charles is your middle name. My middle name, okay. Lee Charles. That's yeah. how it came about. Yeah. yeah. So, plus back then when I got on Facebook, you know, I was still in the police department. I want these guys sure. that locked up coming look at me. We got to find this guy. You know. <laughs> Well, you used yeah. to, you had the 19th Ward Facebook page for a long time. Uh, well, I did. I just changed the name to American yeah. Voice because I want, you know, I was posting stuff that you wasn't. You were posting 19. stuff for me, God bless oh, you. Oh, yeah. Hey, every time. That's don't why worry you're on the show tonight. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a great job. And then, you know, and then I retired. Like I said, it really influenced me. When, when my, did you uh, move south? Um, well, when I got married. Okay. You know, back, back when. You know, a long time ago. So you raised your family in Mount Greenwood, right? Yeah. My ex, my 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 ex-wife, she had two kids, so I adopted ah, those two, and good then for you. we lived in West Lawn until the youngest was born, and then we moved to a bigger house over in Mount Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And you've been there ever since, huh? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, except for like six months. I was in St. Pete's when I was getting going through a divorce then I was rented an apartment for a couple months but then I moved back you know as soon as I got my house stuff like that and and is that your nickname Lebo yeah well that's another that's another that's another story okay so when I was in uh, 11th district and you know back in the 80s when I went to the 11th district in 1986 it was uh and that's where my I met my ex-wife and uh, she had a partner Juan class and Juan and I are still friends to this day so we were all young police officers, you yeah. know, we're, you know, foot chase, we get a couple foot chases a day, right? <laughs> Back when I could run. And um, it was also the same time the movie Rambo came out. Oh, yeah. So oh, Juan, I see it already. Juan started calling me Lebo, Lebo. right? Well, and it kind of just stuck in. Yeah. <laughs> so now I got the, uh, I was getting the White Sox plates. Yes. So the kids are like. You're a big Sox fan, I know. Uh, I, am, I am. Yeah, I grew up a Cub fan, but then I okay. got my mind right and switched That's to the White I'm Sox. That's good. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. <laughs> so, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> He's a Cub fan. <laughs> so that's okay. So, um, so when I was, uh, oh, we were talking about, oh. You moved. So now I'm going to get the plates. I'm going to yeah. get the White Sox plates, yeah. right? And the, my son's there, and uh, my daughter was over, and I said, yeah, I'm going to get these White Sox plates. Well, what are you going to get on it? Yeah. I said, I'd probably just get my initials, maybe my birth year. No, you got to get Lebo. Lebo. You got to get Lebo. <laughs> so there it is. And it's stuck. There it is. Yeah. I still today, still to today, everybody, you know, yeah. they keep going on. So that's fine. I, I'm, I'm used to it, you know. It's now, been around for quite a long time. I used to read in the 19th Ward. Uh-huh. You'd get into it with people on that Yeah, you page. get into sometimes, you know, yeah. I... I you know, I get into it less and less. If I if I start, you know, you get a, you get some people. I just block. oh, tell I, me about. I just block them now. You know, that's what I do. You know, yeah. the thing is too. You get you get folks that it's are like on the there. trap door. Well, you know, you know, it's like I said. You know, people get on there. If you have a differing opinion, okay, you're racist. You know, they don't want to. Uh, you don't want to have a common sense conversation. No. You know, yeah. and you'll run into some people, or you know, they'll say, "Here's the thing." Especially when we talk, like, like for a long time last summer, of course, with all the unrest yes. in the community. And, uh, you know, of course, we had some marches over here in, and, heard, uh, yeah. in, in Mount Greenwood, you know. Um, and, and people are like, you know, well, you know, when you talk about social justice and you talk about what's going on in the inner city communities and then you look at all these kids getting shot and you see people getting shot every day, uh, you're like... You can't help but have your heart break for stuff like that. Yeah. People don't understand that. When, but when you have a differing opinion, right away they say, you're not, you're not showing any empathy. You're not yeah. compassionate. Yeah. You, don't understand. Yeah. you don't understand what it's like. I yeah. says, I grew up in what? I, I went to Orr High School yeah. on Chicago and Pulaski. I mean, I went to the old Orr and the new Orr. Back then, if you were not African-American, you weren't going to the bathroom. You got jumped. Yeah. You know, we had a great principal back then, though, Mr. Van Spankeren. And um, I went to the old or it used to be on Thomas and Keeler, which became Brian Piccolo. And then oh, I went yeah. to the new or, which is on Chicago and Pulaski. And Brian Piccolo got named because my, partly because of my parents' involvement. I should have brought the letter, showed yeah. you. They went out and, with other neighbors and they petitioned 
they petitioned the neighborhood, you know, to get it named Brian Piccolo. And uh, I remember because uh, when they dedicated. Were they big this, Bears fans or why? Well, yeah, but, you know, Brian Piccolo was my favorite player growing up sure. when I was a kid. He lived in Beverly. He did, and he's, yeah. he's buried over at St. Mary's yeah. over here. Yeah. And they had a little car van, caravan last year. I went great. over there, oh, well, they, through yeah. the neighborhood because yeah. of COVID. I went over there, and I have a picture. I, on the day he died, I got a autographed picture in the mail from Brian Piccolo. When I was a kid, a little oh, kid, wow. when a bear player got hurt, oh, yeah. we would send, you would send, send him a, a, a yeah. get well card, right? Yeah. I've got Gail Sayers and Brian Piccolo autographed pictures in an 8x10 right next to each other. How and, old were um, you then? You were I was just kidding. Yeah. Whatever, 1965, yeah. 66, okay. whatever. And then on the day he died, my mom got the mail, and then she showed me the letter and the picture, and I bawled my eyes out. Oh, sure. And, of course, Brian's song came out, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was, yeah, it was tough. But, yeah. but uh, you know, I got a letter. I, I actually found the original letter, you know, where they sent it to the principal, and, it, you know, we thank Mrs. Blecky for her efforts. Oh, that's like terrific. That. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. Actually, I actually I didn't know there was a school name for Brian Brian Piccolo, Piccolo yeah, Thomas yeah. and Keeler. Yeah. yeah. I'll send it. I'll send you a picture. I've got it. I yeah. think I've got it downloaded on my phone. I'll send it to you. Now, when did you retire? Uh, Twenty twelve. Okay, about eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm in my ninth year. One of the retired. reasons. One of the reasons we do this show is obviously we appreciate the police, the firefighters, and, and and paramedics, and and we want to salute them and support them. But last summer, when the crap hit the fan. Uh, we said we're going to have to do all police because it was just out yeah. of control. All this defund well, the tough. police. And, and I, I've uh, talked to a couple guys. I talked to a sergeant who got injured by Columbus. He lives over. Oh, in at Cali's the statue. Yeah, yeah, good guy. And um, and that's why I do peer. I mean, not just because last year, but I got involved doing peer support for CPD. I mean, tell us exactly what that is. Peer so support. So I. We had a rash of suicides a few years ago, yes. and I got upset. Yeah. And, I was and, like, not re and recently as well. Well, we did, yeah. yeah. And um, One I, guy in Mount Greenwood. Right, I and yeah. I was the first peer on the scene for that. Wow. I lived a couple blocks away, yeah. and a sergeant friend of mine who works at headquarters sent me a text telling me that it was going on. Yeah. I said, so I called, the, uh, I called up my coordinator, and she was, uh, they hadn't even gotten notified yet. So I was, yeah. she says, could you go over there and evaluate it? I went over there. It was a very sad situation. Oh, very terrible. I mean, police officers, and peer support is this. I, I kind of go a little beyond what most peers would be doing. Peers are, there's peers in the district. You go through a 40-hour training course, and then you go, and, and it's, your, it's your role to, to be there. Yeah. So if there's an officer having somebody issues, somebody needs to talk. Somebody, to somebody needs to talk. Yeah. You know, listen. And another cop. Listen yeah. and try and evaluate and see yeah. is this person is, is this person in danger of taking his life or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I've known police officers on the job that took their own life. I mean, guy I worked with narcotics. Uh, you know, un, just out of the blue, another yeah. guy that used to uh, live out here. You guys didn't see it coming at all. No. You know, and then after that one is when I was I started having meetings at headquarters. One of the things people, one of the things I learned is any citizen could get the meeting room down at headquarters. Yeah. So I put in for it. Well, then the director EAP came in and uh, was like, well, you know, he they want employee know, assistance program. Well, what they were, yeah. Well, we, what, what was he doing? My bad rep. And I said, no, I said we we've got to be more. We've got to be more focused. We've got to get out there, and we've got to get the message out that, you know. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of misinformation about what happens if an officer comes forward and needs help. Help, yeah. like, you know, they think they're going to lose their job exactly. or they're going to lose yeah. their yeah. FOI card. Yeah. That's not the case. And I've helped officers. I've been very fortunate enough to help a few officers that were in that situation, and now they're... They're doing fine. Good. I went when I went through my divorce. I went for counseling. Sure. And I make no bones about telling people that. Yeah. You know because that's stressful. You know, yeah, sure. especially with the kids. I mean, my kids were older, except for the youngest. You know. Yeah. But still, in all, um, it's important to know that there's help available, and that you can do it. And be, the one of the good things about the consent decree, there's not much, but the one good explain thing, that the consent decree. Well, the I'm consent decree. I mean, that. that came about after I left, but yeah. uh, that was you know put in. By the Justice Department, and then uh, I guess then when Lisa Madigan was, this, she kept it going after uh, I think Sessions said that they weren't going to follow it. 
but I was already gone. So, yeah. But one of the things with the consent decree was to expand mental health uh, um, resources for police officers. Okay, well, that's so a good we thing. Went, well, yeah, that was one of the good things because we went from like three clinicians to I think we're up to 12 or 13 clinicians now. Yeah. And actually, what I said was we should double that. We should have 24, 25 clinicians. Yeah. I says, if even if you paid a clinician a million, a uh, hundred thousand bucks a year, okay? If you paid a clinician a hundred thousand bucks a year and you put 15 more clinicians on, that's a million five, right? And what's one of the biggest things that they bring up against the police is how much are we paying out in lawsuits? Oh, yeah. So what if you've got a guy that's in trouble and he can't get the resources that he needs? Now, yeah. you, if you expand that and make it part of the part of the part of the job, so like you come in for a mental health day, hey, what's going on with you? How you doing? How you feeling? Right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of res things that need to be done. I mean. I mean, my school teacher friends here, they'll tell you that's what's, what's needed in the schools. But, yeah. but again, when are they going to do it, you know? Well, they're suffering from battle fatigue, too. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Rahm Emanuel closed all the, what, half the mental health clinics in yeah. the city. and. Well, don't get me started on him because yeah, I, I, know. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> no, but, I mean, but, but, but what I'm saying is everybody says we got to do more, but when yeah, it comes to putting, wants put to it, it. putting yeah. your money where your mouth is, you know, what, what are we doing? I mean, we're beating each other up. You got 13. I said, I, you saw my car out there. That's my, like. Lebo. That's, well, that, 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 that's yeah. my treat car to myself. You yeah. know, I bought an expensive car, you know, and now one of my biggest fears is that some 13-year-old is going to shoot me for yeah. it, you know. Yeah. You know what? Um, I was researching you for the, mm -hmm. before the show, and uh, um, I do it with every guest yeah. to see if they, and sometimes we link to a headline or whatever right. nothing negative but i i read this long hearing and you were there as a witness you're you talking about um you're talking about the case with the black souls that, so they that, were trying to fire these police officers it had something to do with laquan mcdonald and all oh and, and they were and one was a woman officer. Oh, i didn't know you found that i didn't know there was anything out there about that but i did i testified it was great well i went and testified at the um police board here yeah that's what it was the police board it was, it was sergeant it was a sergeant and three officers yeah the sergeant i knew i worked with he was an excellent sergeant he did what any other sergeant would have done. Yeah. He would have signed off on a report. That's the sergeant's job to approve the report. Yeah. So if I was there and I would have approved that report, I would have got fired. And then you had the two girls who were fabulous. Yes. And I actually have the, uh, they actually gave me, when I went, I went to the police board, but I mean, I went as a character witness as a when I was retired, I contacted her lawyer who lives in the, in the neighborhood and I yeah. went. And I, I talked uh, on behalf of the patrolman, uh, Sergeant Franken's lawyer didn't uh, use me, but, but uh, again, you know. But you put your, not, I mean, you stuck your neck out to speak well, up no, for I those mean, people. I, God I didn't, bless I you. Mean, not really sticking my neck out. I'm just, I was just doing what was right. Yeah. Those girls were excellent police officers. Yeah. They were. They were my go-to people when and I was And they were going to be railroaded. It was pretty well, obvious from reading. One, the only, thing. only, yeah. uh, only the one officer, one. One of the board members voted uh, voted uh, in favor of her not being fired. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. first they were stripped. Yeah. And they were in no pay status, and I don't know, the city must have discovered a mistake, brought them back, but put them in a, uh, you know, they were, you know, signed to headquarters, just working at headquarters. Well, I mean, and I, I still keep in touch with them, and that's part of being you. a peer support. Man. Yeah, you were there for them. God bless well, you. Well, I, I, again... You know, they were on the scene, you know. I mean, it's the, the videotape, the, the vi two of the girls, that was their car that videotaped the whole situation. Oh, really? So. Yeah. Well, you know, the th the, you're, everyone's watching this Chauvin thing in, in yeah. Minneapolis right, right. now. Right. I watched he, a little bit of it today. You know he's a cook goose, well, poor guy. I, no matter what it is, they're going to, you know, it's so, it's convict so, him it's no so, matter what. Uh, it's so unfortunate. It uh, is. You know, I'm not going to say that kneeling on a guy, but, but, but when you look at the... When you look at situations like that, and now you've got the situation with the 13-year-old on the west side. Yeah. I mean, um, I like to look at it from this standpoint, and a lot of people probably won't agree with me, is when police officers deal with situations on the street, and I'm not saying all police officers are great people. I mean, I, when I was in narcotics, our team locked up a police officer. 
no for delivering a ha- for for delivering uh, drugs to uh, we we thought we were getting drugs delivered by a uh, Cook County Sheriff. It ended up being a Chicago police officer. Wow. Um, he got arrested. He pled guilty. I think uh, he didn't. I don't. Even, none of us went to court on him. Yeah. You know. And when when yeah. I went in and I talked to him in the bullpen because I was in court, I came back after the officers uh, brought him back in, and uh, I said, "What are you doing?" Yeah. You know, he goes, "I was a GD four. I got on the job. I'm a GD for life." What's that? Gangster disciple. Oh, yeah, really? So he got uh, on the job, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, wow. a class X felony. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Uh. When I was in narcotics, we got a CTA supervisor with eight kilos on a delivery. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. When I, during my career in narcotics and gangs and even at the FBI, when we would be on a wiretap, we almost always get somebody from law enforcement. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, good cops don't like bad cops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And bad cops are not going to do their dirt around good cops. They're yeah. just not going to do it. Yeah. You know, if you get somebody out there that thinks they're smarter, and if you're the police and you think that you're smarter than the system, you're not. One of the things you brought up the police board, one of the things yeah. I hope Candace Eric can get done is get rid of the police board. Because I think that's just a rubber stamp for politicians. That's exactly. I'm reading through that thing. I said, they're going to hang these Like people. I said, I got the 55-page uh, decision, and... You could have disciplined them, but they not, nothing that those folks did was a fireable offense. Yeah. You know, if they would have testified against uh, Jason Van Dyke at the trial, they would have they would have ended up like the one officer who did. Yeah. And she was, I, I'm sure, I I know her too, and I feel yeah. bad for her because yeah. I think she got put in a bad in a bad situation, yeah. scared. Yeah. You know, family. Yeah. You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So these are very, very challenging times for police. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and that's and, where peer support comes in. And right? that's what I do. Yeah, you know, like I've talked to officers. I'll go out to roll calls. Oh, um, do you? Yeah, I'll go out to roll calls. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm called. I, you know, sometimes I don't wait. You know, I'll call. I'll call into the office. Hey, I knew these guys. Uh, uh-huh. I've done them out in the fifth district. After, and that was today too. That was another uh, travesty. Well, the officer, no, the two officers that were hit by a train, Armaleo and... Oh, I remember that, yeah. Well, today was a sentencing hearing for the person that was shooting a gun that brought them to that scene. Yeah. And the judge gave him a year. A a year? A year, uh, yeah, Judge Kenworthy, I think he was. Yeah. And um, they got a year and 30 days good time considered served or something. So he's, you know... And those two guys are dead. They're dead, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, know their families. Families are awesome. Every year... I also volunteer, like I said, for the Police Memorial Foundation. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you probably see me every time we do that Operation Santa. We go out to the homes officers killed in the line of duty, but you won't recognize me because you're dressed like Santa. No, I'm dressed. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> fat, but you know. But uh, no, but uh, no, I'm Frosty the Snowman. Oh, okay. So I'm the Snowman. We go out to the homes. You know, that's important. Good thing for you. Too. Yeah. It's yeah. important to connect to the families. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just, you know, part of giving back. You know, uh, I, I love being the police. We put a lot of bad guys in jail. Um, I saw a lot of traumatic incidents. Police officers see a lot of traumatic incidents. Yeah, sure. And that's why expanding this mental health for police officers is important. It's, it's important to do it. It's important to do it for the community. It's, it's equally as important to do it for, for, the, uh, for the police officers who go to these scenes and see what you see. You know, when I get into an argument on social media with people, it's like, you know, one of the things, or even in, I've, I've gotten into, you know, discussions out in a neighborhood bar. Yeah. You, know, guys, you know, guys are like, ah, cops, you know, you think you know everything, blah, blah, blah. He says, let me ask Wait, you. Wait, I yeah. can't see anybody saying that to you. Well, <laughs> or you'll get somebody, you'll get somebody who's, you get somebody that's going the other direction. Yeah. You know, cops shouldn't be doing this, cops yeah, shouldn't yeah. be doing that. Or cops, blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, listen, when was the last time you held the mother in your arms oh. while her 16-year-old was laying in the street dead and you couldn't yeah. let her get to, get to him? I, I, I've done that. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. I looked at this kid the other day, too, this 13-year-old. Toledo. Yeah. yeah. And it reminded me of a situation my last year on a job as a school resource sergeant. And I felt bad because one of the schools that I had was uh, – over on 55th in St. Louis, you had Saucedo was the high school. You had uh, what's it? Hernandez was the was the grammar school. And it was a kid that was running away from home. Yeah. 
And how old was he? He was, you know, seventh grade, right? Oh, yeah. He was running away from home, and uh, it was Easter time. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, we gotta find, you know, now we're watching for the kid. Um, so he's missing. He's missing. His parents. He's reported missing. Yeah. Well, this was the tricky thing, and I thought about this Toledo kid. He was missing. What's yeah. causing this kid to go running away from home? He was missing at 2.30 in the morning. 2.30 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Well, the same thing was with this yeah. kid before, and he wanted to be a gang member. Was a oh, yeah. We came to find out later. So I, 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 we, we get the kid. I take him in the car. We're talking to him and everything, and he didn't want to go back home. Yeah. And his mother was a recovered addict. She lived in Indiana. His father was a gang member. Yeah. He said, not anymore, but a Satan disciple gang. And I hate to yeah. give those guys any credit with, by saying their name. But just the fact that his father was a gang member. So I t he didn't want to stay at home. So what, it, what ended up happening is I took him to his aunt's house. Yeah. And I actually worked past my shift. I told the boss, I said, look, I'm going to stick around. I signed out another car. I took him out to the aunt's house so that uh, he wasn't because he says if you take me home i'm gonna run away again yeah he didn't want to be there well i come to find out his grandmother he was living with the grandmother she was getting money from the state apparently sure. yeah. and she insisted he call her mom oh wow okay so the dad is there the dad's there the grandmother's there his brothers and sisters you know he had kids from other mothers yeah. and he, he didn't want to go home well, I mean, he had to go. He eventually, he had to go home the next day. I took him to the aunt, his mother's sister. She was a nurse. She lived over in Canaryville, and uh, she goes, I really can't. I'd love to keep him, but I can't, you know, and it would cause too many problems, and she didn't want the father and his guys coming over. Over to her house, yeah. So yeah. I went back, and uh, like I said, when I think about this Toledo situation, I had this conversation in the living room with them, and I was talking to the grandmother, and she's like, well, you know, I says, why do you make him call you mom? Oh, wow. He goes... You said this? Yeah, I told her. I yeah. says, why do you make him call you mom? Yeah. And she kept going on about, uh, well, you know, I'm like a mother to him. But I says, you're not. Yeah. Why don't you just be grandma? Yeah. And I said to the father, I says, and, and you, he says, well, when he comes home tomorrow, I'm going to beat his ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. I says, well, is that the solution? Yeah. I says, when was the last time you told him? Now, he's sitting in front of his mother. I says, when was the last time you, you told him you loved him? Yeah. My mom, nobody ever told me that growing up. I says, yeah, well, and the mother look looked at, at him. The mother looked at him like he was from another planet. Oh wow! I said, well, he likes the Bulls. Did you ever take him to Bulls game? Nobody ever took me to Bulls game. Yeah. I said, just take him over to Nikki's here on Kedzie and buy him a hot dog. Yeah. Nobody ever did that for me. I said, well, what do you oh. think is what do you think is going to happen in the future? Yeah. He wants to be just like you. Yeah. Now, if you don't want him to be like you, don't you got to change? Yeah. Good and for you. Down the road, he ended up running away again, and then uh, um, I retired, and then there was a shooting, and a guy, a kid he palled around with got killed, and, I, you know, so I, I, he was there. I don't He didn't do the shooting. And of course, then I retired, and I lost track of him. But You did your bit. You tried. Well, but, but the point is that yeah. there's a lot of police officers that do the yes. very same sure. exact Go thing, but you'll never hear about it. No, of course you'll not. You'll never hear yeah. about it. So, you'll hear about him on Hibernian Radio, well, pal. yeah. Listen, get, I, I want to thank you for coming well, Thanks on. for having we, me on. you got to come back. Yeah, we, I, I, I'll come back. Yeah. No problem. Hey, i got my guy, Sully, over here. All you right, Sully's Sully. here. Yeah, it's Sully on. <laughs> okay. Sully's, uh, Sully's right. one of the best. Thank right. you so much. Lee, I thank you. It. God bless you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much. We're going to take a little break here on Hibernian Raid. I'll be right back after these messages from our friends. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day -day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. Hey, everybody. This is Charlotte Houlihan. Don't touch that dial. My grandpa will be right back some more Hibernian radio. He said something about seeing a man about a horse. Sounds like I'm actually going to get that pony after all. 
Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News, we've always been green. On the Death Walk of Saloons that decorate Western Avenue, only the Cork and Carry Irish Pub, the soul of Beverly, sits right on a 50-yard line of Chicago's Southside Irish St. Patrick's Day Parade at 106th and Western. Generations of Southside Irish have quenched their thirst in the cork, snuggling up to memories of family, faith, and fierce loyalty to friends. It's the jewel of this neighborhood where we celebrated weddings, christenings, wakes, and unforgettable victories. Proprietors Bill Guidi and Mike Fitzpatrick now celebrating 20 years in business welcome you home for a cold brew to share a good story or help you throw one hell of a party. With over 20 beers on tap and a full bar for your pleasure, this is the spot you can sink a root and get your Irish on. Cork has plenty of seating, from our private event rooms to our 300-person beer garden. Our interior space brings you back to the homeland of Ireland with our vintage photos and authentic Irish decor and Chicago memories of the good old days. So say hello to a stranger, make a new friend, fall in love, or just enjoy the company of people you forgot you knew. The Cork and Kerry continues the Southside tradition parents and grandparents brought here from the old country. Come on by the Cork and Kerry and get some. The Cork and Carry Irish Pub, 10614 Southwestern Avenue, for private parties, just pails hanging out, or intimate cocktail rendezvous. Come on home to the south side of Chicago at the Cork and Carry. And we are back on Hibernian Radio. What a great night. Thanks to our friend uh, Levi Leckie. Uh, so, uh, we're having a blast here, and uh, isn't he terrific? He's been on the show, I think, two or three times. He'll be back. Uh, it's so great to go go to the vault because we have so many terrific interviews on the vault, mostly with Chicago police officers who have put their lives on the line every day for our friends and our family, and uh, we appreciate that. And that's kind of the uh, mission of this show is to honor our Irish first responders because we feel they are the modern-day equivalent of our ancient mythological Irish warriors. Now, I want to remind everybody, coming up, uh, Monday, January 23rd, is the annual Chili Cook-Off, the Emerald Society of Illinois annual Chili Cook-Off at Chicago FOP Hall, Lodge 7, 1412 West Washington Boulevard. I'll be there as a celebrity judge of the chili. Uh, I don't know how much of a celebrity I am, but we're also going to have the brand new, newly crowned St. Patrick's Day Parade Queen will be there. Uh, and I'm sure she'll be a dish that we all want to take a look at. <laughs> okay. But I'll, I'll be honored to be there. But it's a great night. I'm bringing the kids. They have crackers, cheese, onions, hot dogs, fine Irish tableware, all th- three different chili uh, cook-off participants. It's a great night. The music by Finbar Fagan. You'll see all your old pals, all the coppers from the Emerald Society. It's just a great night. Free parking, thanks to Jimmy Coyne, right there in Plumber's Local uh, 130 lot, right there on Washington Boulevard. So you can't beat it. So hope to see you all there Monday, January 23rd at 7 p.m. the Chicago FOP Hall, Lodge 7, 1412 West Washington, for their annual chili cook-off. Also, we're going to remind everybody about the charity, charity benefit our friend Kevin O'Shea is throwing. Irish Rebel Music Fest. Uh, Kevin is a great guy, and he brings in Irish musicians from Ireland, puts them up at his home, and then brings them here for our pleasure and enjoyment. And he's having a big benefit Sunday, February 26th, to benefit Danny Golden, the Chicago police officer who was unfortunately paralyzed when he was shot over, I think it was over by Western Avenue. Anyway, he's, uh, Kevin is bringing in Derek Warfield, and the Young Wolf Tones. Of course, everybody remembers Derek and, and Brian Warfield of, of The Wolf Tones, and they're the guys who wrote and sang many great Irish hits, especially Ooh, Ah, Up the Ra, Celtic Symphony, which caused quite a stir in the World Cup situation, and God bless them, they will not back down, and I don't blame them. So it's Derek Warfield and the Young Wolf Tones. In addition, they have Kieran Byrne, 
the Chancers, and the Chicago Guard of Pipes and Drums. Oh, my God. They'll be there, too. Sunday, February 26th from 6 to 10 at Gaelic Park. Tickets are 50 bucks. They all go to promote and help uh, Danny Golden and his family. Uh, they, there's a 50-50 raffle, cash bar, live bands. For more information, go, uh, go to, uh, you can email K O'Shea, Kevin O'Shea at KinsaleCapitalPartners.com or call 630-865-7137. The number again for our old pal, Kevin O'Shea, 630-865-7137. Hope to see you all there on February 26th from 6 to 10 at Gaelic Park. It's going to be a night to remember. Okay, now, you know, Billy, whenever I'm walking down Western Avenue, I look in the window of Ken's Wrongs, Hearts, or any of those great Irish saloons, I see the ghost of my old pal Jimmy Goff through the mist, and he says to me, Hey, Wooly, who died? See, I can't drink here when I'm doing this in the vault because uh, alcohol is not allowed in the vault because these are sacred, sacred interviews we're going back to. So uh, I want to give it up for Eileen Power, Eileen Helen Power uh, from County Kerry. She was called into the loving arms of our Lord on January 7th. She's a beloved wife of the late Richard, devoted mother of Tricia, Maureen, and Michael. She was a volunteer treasurer for the Burbank Girls Softball League and member of the Kerryman Association and Gaelic Park. In lieu of flowers, donations can be made to Misericordia Heart of Mercy. You know, I want to thank our old pal PJOD again for giving us the obits every week. He's our obit scout. And whenever someone gives to Misericordia or the Mercy Home, PJ always says, it's one of the good ones, one of the good ones. So Eileen Power, Helen Power, obviously one of the good ones herself. God rest her lovely soul. And Virginia Fox, 85 of Arlington Heights, uh, she was born into eternal life on January 5th, surrounded by her family at home. She was an instructional assistant in District 214 at Forest View High School and Vanguard for many years. She'll always be remembered as a devoted wife, mother, grandmother, sister, aunt, neighbor, and friend. She was loved by many and will be missed by all. Her survivors include her children, Robert T., John J., Joseph P., Mary Lynn Fox, and son-in-law Ray Schaefer. She is preceded in death by her husband of 62 years, Robert God rest her lovely soul, Virginia Fox. And Marion Panny. Uh, Marion Panny, 93 of South Highland. Uh, she was married to her beloved late husband, Joseph Panny. Marion and Joe had three children, David Panny, Michael Panny, and Joni Besick. Marion used to like to play cards and go square dancing. She was a good cook. She loved to watch Jeopardy while sitting in her lazy boy. Hey, who does it? She was loved, and she will be missed by all. God rest her lovely soul. Marion Panny, 93. Vincent Graham, 79, of Will Matt, beloved husband of Susan Graham, knee Dorner. He was the son of the late Vincent Graham Sr. and Dorothy Graham. And in donations may be made to Mercy Home for boys and girls. So one of the good ones. God rest his lovely soul, Vincent Graham. And Myron Mike. Iberly, a hundred. Mike Iberly, a hundred years old of Wilmette, beloved husband of 67 years to the late Marianne Iberly, loving father of John, Martha, James, Marianne, and Joseph. hundred years old, what a guy. I think he's funeral masses at St. Joseph's and Fran... Funeral mass, oh, St. Joseph and Francis Xavier Church. It's in Wilmette. Mike Iberly. A hundred years old. God rest his soul. And who else we got here? Lynn Cohn Junis, 64. Uh, the wife of Alan Junis, daughter of Ronald Cohn and the late Elaine. Stepmother of Nicole Schoenberg. Lynn loved spending time with her husband and family. Had an accomplished career in retail and real estate with a warm smile. Easy laugh. She enjoyed connecting with all the people in her life. God rest her soul. Lynn Junis. Also, Dorothy O'Connor, 90, beloved wife, the late, beloved wife of the late John J. O'Connor, loving member, mother of Jack O'Connor, Mark O'Connor, Brian O'Connor, Carolyn O'Connor, and Julianne, and preceded in death by her eight siblings, Lou, Alexander, Adolph, Rose, Ed, Elizabeth, George, and Don, God rest her soul. 
Dorothy O'Connor and Billy. She was waked, and the funeral was handed, handled by Sheehy, where all the right people go. And one more, Margaret Carroll Sheridan, age 83, beloved wife of the late John Jack Carroll, loving mother of John Carroll, Kelly Carroll, McGuire, and the late Shannon Carroll, dear sister of Sean Gallagher, Nancy Flynn, the late Maureen McNicholas, Catherine Flynn, Eileen Holly, Bernice Galloway, and Liam Galloway, fond aunt of many nieces and uncles, many nieces and nephews, God rest her lovely soul, Margaret Carol Sheridan, age 83. Of course, the wake and funeral were handled by our old friends, Bob and Jimmy Sheehy. Where all the right people go. Okay, let's close up the clip, Crip Billy, and we'll be right back after more messages from our friends at Hibernian Radio. So stick around. With a history going all the way back to 1896, the International Union of Operating Engineers has continued to protect workers and their families with loyalty and brotherhood. Local 150 has continued to thrive through economic booms and busts with careful training and aggressive organizing. Under the leadership of President and Business Manager Jim Sweeney, Local 150 has implemented programs and action plans to create work, protect benefits, and keep members working. And they've been helping the Irish-American community of Chicagoland for just as long. The Hibernian Radio Show is proud to be associated with Jim Sweeney and Local 150, and we salute the continuing efforts of the International Union of Operating Engineers and their support of Irish and Irish-American families now and in the future. Thanks to Local 150. One hundred and ten years ago, Roger Sheehy started his family business with his sons. Sheehy's have handled a lot of Southside Irish families since then, mine included. When my late brother Willie died, my brother Danny and I went out to meet with Bob Sheehy to discuss the wake and funeral. Bob and Jimmy Sheehy are quite simply the best. But there's something else about the Sheehy's. Willie was a bachelor. He died alone. The nurses at Northwestern gave me his belongings when I went to pick up his stuff after his death. They gave me his wallet, clothes, and some cash that was on him when he died. As Danny and I discussed what suit to bury Willie in, I handed the cash, 88 bucks, to Bob Sheehy, and I said, put this in his pocket before the wake. Danny looked at me funny, and I said, just some walking around money in case he needs it wherever he's going. But Bob Sheehy said, of course. He knew I was grieving in my own way for probably my favorite brother. I'll never forget that. Sure, the Sheehy's were great through the whole thing, and as I did Willie's eulogy at Christ the King, I saw Bob standing in the back of the church, laughing along with the rest of our family as I told some Willie tales out of school. I will never forget that. And when I die, I know my old friends Bob and Jimmy Sheehy will be keeping an eye out for me and my family. They are the best in the business. The Sheehy's have been helping Irish families on the South Side for a long, long time, just like their father and grandfather before them, Sheehy. Where all the right people go. Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News. We've always been green. Hey folks, Charlotte Houlihan here. Did you know that Hibernian Radio is now streaming worldwide on Global Irish Radio? Every Saturday night at 7 p.m. or 1 a.m. in Ireland. Yes, the Irish are always way ahead of us. Check it out at globalirishradio.com or capital G-I-R dot I-E. Southsiders have always known where to get the best pizza on earth. Fox's Pizza. For over a half century, the Fox family has been creating that delicious thin crust za that your mouth will tell you, this can only be Fox's. It's a Chicago Beverly Institution at 99th and Western, as well as in Orland Park, where they combine delicious food with an Irish pub ambiance. You got the best of both worlds. Still owned by Tom and Frank Fox, 
whose mom and dad, Frank and Teresa, bought the western location from Al Capone's sister back in 1964. They opened the doors in Orland at 73 at 143rd and Ravinia Avenue. You'll recognize the stone turrets of their Irish castle, whose great times have been celebrated for generations of Chicagoland Irish. Fox's is perfect for the whole family, pickup or delivery, or you can dine in, relax, and have a cocktail with your dinner, whether it's steak, ribs, chicken, or especially pizza, it's all good. Having a party? Fox's also does catering. Call Fox's in Beverly at 773-239-3212 or in Orland Park at 708-349-2111. They're proud sponsors of Hibernian Radio and all Irish first responders. Mention this show for a free toothpick. Gotta love that Fox's Pizza. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste, recycling, and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. Cops and firefighters risk their lives almost every day. So they shouldn't have to risk their hard-earned dough in any get-rich schemes or the blather of old pals in the real estate biz. And good luck trying to figure out the stock market or cryptocurrency or even economics 101 when you come home exhausted at the end of your shift. What you need is somebody you can trust. And they're in short supply these days. Hey, take it from me. I've lost fortunes in showbiz because I thought I was smarter than everybody else and I wound up bankrupt and broke. It took me a long time to decide to find a friend I could trust who had my family's best interests at heart. That friend was my late pal, Joe Madden. I met him as he passed the basket at St. Luke's, and I'd turn my pockets inside out as he came to my pew, and I'd say, I'm tapioca. He laughed, but didn't stop him from supporting my films and showbiz endeavors over the years. Joe Madden had my back. A few years before he died, Joe started Madden Funds with his sons, Mike and Danny. The Maddens and Houlihans have been pals for a long, long time. They can advise the best path for your investments. Madden Funds will have your back, too. Need advice on your 401k or your rollover IRA? You can trust Madden Funds to help you protect and grow your investments now and in your family's future. Go to their website, maddenfunds.com, or call Mike or Dan Madden at 708-848-3200 and tell them who Lee sent you. And we are back, and welcome to Let Down. Now, we got a couple of quick... Uh, Nursery rhymes for you here in Hooli Town, uh, updated for the 21st century. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. The structure of the wall was incorrect, so he won 10 grand with claims direct. It's raining, it's pouring. Of course, it's global warming. Jack and Jill went into town to fetch some chips and sweeties. Now he can't keep his heart rate down and she's got diabetes. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. It ran into a pylon. 10,000 volts went up its arse and turned its wool into nylon. Okay. Georgie Porty, Porgy, putting in pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. When the boys came out to play, he kissed them too because he was gay. Oh, my God. Jack and Jill went up the hill and planned to do some kissing. Jack made a pass and grabbed her ass and now two teeth are missing. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white and wispy. Then it caught foot and mouth disease and now it's black and crispy. Okay, <laughs> let's get into just a real joke. Patty and Murphy come across a girl whose bike has a flat tire. Murphy leaves Patty to help her and goes on his way. A few minutes later, Patty passes Murphy on the girl's bike. What the fuck happened, asked Murphy. Well, I, I fixed her bike, and but Jesus, she takes her fucking knickers off, lies on the ground and says, take what you want, big boy. So I took the bike. Good on you, says Murphy. I'm sure the thick and knickers wouldn't fit you anyway. Okay. <laughs> what a great time. Hey, everybody, we'll be back next week with more from the vault. 
on Hibernian Radio. Spread it around. We're on Global Irish Radio every Saturday night from 7 to 8, G-I-R dot I-E. Or at hibernianradio.org. Every Sunday you can get that. It's usually up there by our friend Sorica. She'll have it up there by Sunday afternoon. So stick around and God bless you all. We will see you later. Bye!